Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to Vibe Time with Jerry, and I have my special featured guest tonight, John Von Stupin. If I said that wrong, he's going to correct me very quickly on it. <laughs> he is a historic site supervisor and military consultant, but he works for Henricus Historical Park, um, which is a place that I have always wanted to go and visit and have yet to do so. So he is holding, but before I bring John on board, I would like to talk about some paranormal events, just a couple of them. I know the Cabin on 360 is going to be having a 
Thanksgiving Ghost event on December the 11th. So there you have to bring a gift that is equivalent to $25, and that starts at, I believe, 6 o'clock. If you go to the Kavanaugh 360s page, you'll be able to see that. And make sure that you tune in or go and like John Stevens' Virginia Paranormal Events page or his website, virginiaparanormalevents.com, www.virginiaparanormalevents.com, so that you can get all the latest events that are occurring as far as paranormal events and different things um, happening in the state of Virginia. So, I'm not going to keep John holding because we only have an hour on my show. So, let's see if he's there, which he is. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> Hello? How are you? Are you there? I'm here. Okay. I was going to say, I can, I can hear you. I can hear you pretty good. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I haven't met you, I don't think, in person yet. Oh, interesting. Yeah, sometimes I I meet so many people in the stuff I do that um, it, it sometimes surprises me when I hear that they haven't met me, and sometimes it does surprise me when they tell me they have met me. So either way, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to meet you in person because I know, I think, I think at one of the events at the cabin, I think he was there. But I didn't get a chance to, like, introduce myself because I know that she was at one of them recently, wasn't it? Wasn't it the was it oh, the yeah. Halloween was Libra party? It was something that they had that you were there, or at least I thought you were there. Yeah, I was there. I was there for a um, uh, birthday party. Yes. All right. Yeah, and I didn't <laughs> quite get a chance to, yeah, meet you in person. I saw you, but I didn't come up and introduce myself, so... Hopefully one of these days I'll be able to make it to Henrikus Park. That is the goal. <laughs> yeah, please do. And um, when you do, just uh, make sure you message me before so that way I can link up with you, okay? Okay, that'll that'll do good because I, I drive past it. I just haven't been to it. But from driving past it over that bridge, it's, it looks beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's a, we have a gorgeous site. It shocks people how nice the site is uh, because when they come, obviously, via the land route on roads, you have to go through uh, a somewhat industrial area of, of Dominion. Uh, so you're not really thinking you're going back to this beautiful historic location until you get there. And then it's like, oh, wow. This, yeah, this is it. Wow, cool. So, um, and also for people who are listening that have, have met me, um, I just want to remind people that John von Steuben is a secondary name. If you come to Henrikus, they're going to know me by my name, John Pagano. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes confuse people via Facebook. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I figured, I figured that because somebody had told me that that was like a secondary name. For you, I just did, I, I wanted to make sure that I pronounced your secondary name correctly too. Yeah, I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of uh, the historical figure known as uh, General Wilhelm Baron von Steuben. 
so um, I kind of assimilated his name. Gotcha. Well, that's awesome. So, like, you, how long have you been at Henricus? I've been at Henricus since the summer of 2007, so I am in my 14-plus years. Oh, wow. And and do you, like, do the history stuff there? I mean, can you talk a little bit about what you do there? Sure. Yeah, I'm the historic interpretation supervisor. So uh, basically just means that I manage all the historical operations within the historic properties that we have, uh, both uh, non-living history and our living history focuses. So if you're ever there and you – are there on a day where we're open, you'll see me, my staff, most of the people dressed in 17th century clothing. So that's most of what we do. And then there's other things besides that. But either way, if it's history related at Henricus, it's usually me and my department. Oh, that's cool. So is it, what's, can you tell us about the history of Henricus? Because like I said, I have not been there at all. I've driven past it. I've heard about it, but I have, like, never been there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the property we're on uh, will often go by a bunch of names. You'll, you can either hear or read or see in various forms. Often it is called Dutch Gap or Dutch Gap Canal, sometimes Farrar's Island, um, all kinds of historic names. But if you were to go back to, you know, the year before the English arrived in 1607, the land was the domain of Arohatic, who was a uh, Powhatan Werewants, who was one of the tribal leaders of the Powhatan chieftain. His property extended what is today modern-day eastern Henrico County all the way to the city of Richmond. So that property we're on was uh, that tribal land until about 1611 when Sir Thomas Dale builds a seven-acre fort there and does so under a prolonged uh, off-again, on-again siege against power warriors. So after 11, you're just looking at year after year of kind of easy, not-so-easy years, and then uh, with fighting and then not fighting. What it came down to in 1613 was that uh, Pocahontas was taken under the care of Sir Thomas Dale, and brought to Henricus for her education with Reverend Alexander Whitaker, who was in charge of the church at Henricus. And so in 1614, we know that she marries John Rolfe, and there's a peace between the Palatines and the English. Um, that kind of goes on, you know, until 1622, when it, on March 22nd, 1622, there's the great Palatine military offensive, that stops that peace treaty that was from the Pocahontas marriage. And that day, 300, the 350 colonists were killed in that single day, including several people from the Henricus environs. Um, kind of a bloody day. Usually they, they refer to it as that fatal day. So when you look, when you look at the, the landscape there and you go through the 17th century, um, it's really neat that a lot of things kind of materialize on the pro- near, near and on the property. So if you are going a few decades in, uh, it's the Farrar settlement in the 1630s. 
um, 40s, and then the families change names, the properties change, and by the end of the 17th century, there's a new um, settler who takes over the property, and that is going to be Captain Thomas Jefferson, who is Thomas Jefferson's grandfather. Uh, he will settle on the land of Henricus, and will get, they will have a baby, which will be Peter Jefferson, which is Thomas Jefferson's father. Uh, so the Jefferson family of Virginia starts on the property we know as Henricus. Uh, so if you go into the 18th century more, you're talking about the Revolutionary War happening uh, all through the environs, the uh, Battle of Osborne landing on the river, is in April of 1781 during the revolution. Uh, you know, when that all those moments start turning from the 18th century into the 19th century, uh, the property starts to become more refined into the Cox family. And by the time of the Civil War in 1860, Henry Cox's plantation is all the grounds that we're on. Uh, and Henry Cox was one of the wealthiest, top three wealthiest men in all of Henrico County. He also held the largest amount of enslaved people, which was over 100. Uh, and they lived on the adjacent property of Henricus as well. Um, so if you just go, you know, the Civil War comes to, to where we're at. And General Benjamin Butler decides to put troops there and dig a military canal. And in doing so, close to 50 men were killed and hundreds wounded on or near our property. We have the remains of some of their grave holes on our property. Uh, if you, all right, when the Civil War came through, that was pretty devastating. Um, so Henry Cox pretty much lost all of that plantation, everything he had on that location. Uh, there's the lightkeeper's house that gets built on our property in 1875. And then a lightkeeper will stay there all the way through 1917 when the 80th Division from Camp Lee comes there and uses the property as a training range for their artillery before they go to France in World War I. Uh, there's two monuments put on our bluff, uh, one in 1911 and the other in 1919 to commemorate the Henricus Settlement, and then the other one for the first college of Virginia, the College of Henrico, uh, which was which was started in uh, 1619. So we have all those elements of all those centuries on our location, and so it's um, it really lends itself to the, the what if of the paranormal world. I was going to say, I, I mean, I wonder. Like I said, I have never been there before, so. I'm sure that's a pretty active location for paranormal. Yeah, I, w I would say that. Yeah, because like I said, I have not been there. So <laughs> I know that people, yeah. I know that they've had some stuff out there event-wise, but I haven't been able to make it to any of them, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I would say over the years, you know, it's different groups have had different results. Uh, certain mm -hmm. people, their investigation style uh, draws perhaps more uh, evidence. Uh, the staff that work there, some have more occurrences, uh, others have less. Uh, it's just 
you know, I would I would call it a very typical historic location with paranormal uh, activity. Right. Um, have you had paranormal experiences there yourself? Sure. Yeah, that's what kind of brought everything to Henricus. You know, when I was I was there, I would say less than a year. And I had so many things happening that I was just like, well, I think it's time that I need to try to get somebody here to see if, you know, what what I think is here is really going on. Uh, so that first or second year, I reached out to the um, TAPS organization up in Rhode Island, and they sent their Raleigh-based uh, TAPS group to Henricus. And they, they did a, uh, a very quick survey of the site. They, they had a couple of things, uh, but they were only there for about two hours or so. Right. So what I, thought I need, what I thought I needed to do was get a local group or two in and see what they thought. And after a few years that went by, I suddenly uh, you know, found some people that really you know, were committed to getting down to what was there. Um, and so if you want to, if, if I was to go by my first occurrences, you know, and why I wanted to bring, par, you know, paranormal uh, investigators there, it's because I had everything happen to me from being full body apparitions. I wouldn't even, you know, call it apparitions. It basically just looks like colonial people fully clothed and in full and real color. Um, oh wow! That was the first thing that happened to me when I was with the public one day. I was talking about Sir Thomas Dale stuff in, in one of our cabins, and just outside the window, walking by the window, was a colonial girl, and I I was kind of taken back because nobody like that was on my staff. They didn't have any women there even that day. So I was curious who this person was that was dressed up, and I went to the door to see who it was, and uh, they they were gone. There was nobody there. Um, in that very same cabin, uh, for a, a few months, if not the better part of the first year or so, I always felt like something was either touching my back when I was closing the windows in the evening, or something would come up behind me and sigh in the back of my ear. Um, So between these these hands that I would feel in the middle of my back, the other thing that really, I don't know, I guess it shook me up a little bit was one day I was talking to visitors and I was wearing body armor and all the accoutrements of a musketeer I was about ready to go do a musket demonstration, and the bandolier that hangs across my chest lifted up in front of me while I was talking and was dropped onto my body armor, and it clanged so that everybody was startled by it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was that was, that was was pretty interesting. I, I would say that that was uh, one of the the more – like I couldn't figure it out. I tried to debunk it by how could I get these bottles in the air in front of my face and then drop them. Um, right. So 
you know, then, you know, as, as the, the time and years went on, you know, there's just a, a million little things, you know, the other building I'm in on site, Rock Hall, uh, when we first opened that building, I was constantly um, getting something behind me. Again, it's always weird. It's like you're closing the building and something that's there doesn't want you to leave or close because they would always make themselves known by feeling like they were right behind you. Um, and that building in particular, I've heard everything while I'm, ta- while I'm talking to the public, mind you, it'll sound like somebody's in the other room dragging a, a bench across the floor or uh, in a couple of different cases, I'm with the public and it sounds like uh, someone's playing football on the floor above our heads and you hear the sprinting going up and down the halls. And then you you come you come to move over in that direction, and you realize there's nobody up there. And in one case, I was with the public at the foot of the stairs, and the and the running actually came down the stairs to the point where everybody looked at the stairs and saw nothing come down the stairs. Um, I could probably go ad nauseum about things like that. There's too many to to count. Um, the administration. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the administration building was, was strange too because that's the one place you would think, well, it's modern, it's computers, there's lights, bathrooms, you know. Uh, but that place for like I would say three or four years was actually was in actuality the scariest place for me on site, and it was scary because everything was out of place and it was different. It was almost um, a different kind of uh, spirit, and. Mm-hmm. I would say on a few occasions, I would be in my office or in, a, in one of the rooms on the upper floor, and what it would sound like is the sound of somebody running towards you and stops at your door, and you look, and there's nobody there. And that was common all the time. Yeah, um, I get that. The, the scariest thing that started to happen was the banging and the – it like it sounded like a baseball bat was hitting a file cabinet. Um, that was probably that was a few times. Um, you know, I, there was one time I was sitting in my office chair at night after hours, and it it came something came up right into my office behind me and said my name in my ear. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Um, so. You know, there's things like that. Um, again, there's, there, since I've been there 14 years, I I probably can go down the list of things. But I would say it's a little bit of every type of classic haunting that you would you would think of. And my staff have other experiences too. Um, but those, those are just a potpourri of, of things I've experienced there. Well, did you did you have like like paranormal experiences before you worked there. I mean, is this is this something you've always? I mean, are you are you sensitive to that anyway? Have you been like that, or is it working? Yeah, that's there. an interesting question because I've gone in and out of everything like that. Uh, I back in the early to mid nineties. When there was there was no such thing as really ghost shows, right, or anything that you would you would watch, 
maybe something on like unsolved mystery or Halloween specials. But my friends and I, um, we knew enough about how people were doing it. And so we decided since we were all around the historical sites doing events, why don't we take our recorders and we're talking about like the, this shows my age, but we're talking about the little cassette ones, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we take those out to battlefield and just record. And I'll never forget that the first EVP I ever heard, and this sounds like a cliche, but the first one I ever heard was after we re-recorded on the battlefield at Gettysburg and we listened in the hotel room and I'll never forget that my friend was in the bathroom. It was just me. And it was the first time I heard an out, you know, an out of our world voice come back to me on the recording. I mean, that blew my mind. Um, and so we got a bunch of stuff and we decided to do it. Um, battlefield to battlefield, historic house, historic house. Um, and so that started that for me. And I, I was doing it just here and there. I mean, I, nobody I knew really back then was doing it as like a, a pastime. So we just did it whenever we went to a place where we could record, we just did it. Um, so I would say that I've had experiences at almost every museum or history site I've worked at and places I didn't even want to have experiences. So, yeah, there's a lot of that that I've had um, probably since, again, I, I think the first that the first EVP was probably in 1993, 94. Gotcha. Yeah, sometimes when I come into work, because I work at our um, – local museum here I'll go into work and there's things like out of place there you know and so we have stuff that occurs there I mean it's a very small building it's a Scottish factor store um, slash visitor center but the building is 17 1776 oh that's awesome where's this this is in Urbana oh wow so Uh, we get a lot of visitors there. We have a Mitchell map there, which is a first edition, third impression map drawn by Dr. Mitchell, who used to practice medicine in Urbana. So the map Mm -hmm. itself is a quarter of a million dollar map that a lot of people come to the town to see. But yeah, it's, it's a beautiful map. You should come see it sometime. Yeah. Now that you got me on, I have to come see that. I have yeah. To come, yeah, I've been through there a few times, and I need to come check that out in particular, yeah. Oh, yeah, you would love it because it's, I mean, the museum itself, the Scottish Factor store is small. It's not It's not a big museum. It has a first floor, and then it has a basement. I call it the creepy basement. Um, <laughs> but they have the first and second floor, but on our second floor is our Mitchell map, and we have people that come from all over the world to see it because, like I said, it's a first edition. It's the very first map that he drew. It's 1755, um, and the town bought it for $5,600. They raised money to buy it, and these ladies went to Pennsylvania, and they bought it from a private-type dealer, and they brought it back and stuck it on the back of our bank wall for about two decades where you could actually walk up and touch the map. 
because oh, they didn't know wow. what it was. They didn't know what they had. They really didn't. Um, mm. So they kind of rolled the map up, chucked it into storage in the hur- in our hurricane room, and then somebody had went in there and pulled the map out, and they knew about maps. And so there were three ladies in Richmond that actually ended up restoring the map. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a beautiful piece of art, and when people come to Urbana to see the map, they think that it's just a map of Virginia. They don't realize until they get into the room that it is a map of not just Virginia, but half of the United States. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think people forget so, that I mean, are all hand-drafted, hand you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a work so of art, and it's on its own, like, and um, I guess sometimes people are, are just used to, if they see something, it they can't imagine how, how real it might be. I think a lot of people, when they, when they encounter art, it's just like, well, this is a copy, or this is a print, this is something that's, you know, secondary, but occasionally, it's a real original. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, Urbana is very lucky to have it. We always say that it should be in the Library of Congress, but, I mean, the Library of Congress has a, I believe, a third edition map. We're just lucky to have the first edition, and they're, uh, you know, yeah. of course, have a part with it because it's their prized possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. A first edition map like that is, is itself a draw, and that's probably a smart move. Yeah, and that map is as big as you and I are. Like, we could stand in front of it. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. It was drawn, it's eight plates. So wow. a lot of people, when they, yeah, when they come in there, they're looking at something, and they're thinking those lines are fold lines. And I'm like, no, those are plates. So it's divided up into eight plates. And they're like, oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but you'll have to come and see it because, you know, it's just – it's not just the fact, like, Urbana at that time wasn't named. So people will come in there, and they'll look at the map, and they'll see if their state or if where they're from was named back in 1755, because that's when the map was completed was in 1755. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll have to come down. Whenever you come back down to Urbana, let me know you're coming, and, and I'll – you know, take you to the museum so you can see the map because it's fascinating. Kids love it. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, and, of course, the structure of the building. I mean, Urbana itself is historical (laughs) anyway. Well, yeah. I'll have to remind myself at some point, I'm like, I go there, check out it, Check out the museum and look at the map. That's my that's on my list. Yeah, put it on your list because I think that the, you know since you are since you are into history, I really think that you would like it. Honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I geek out. I mean, people... I, I'll geek out over it for sure. And I uh, I sometimes when I get around original stuff, I'm like this way in museums where they bring stuff out from the exhibit areas, and I get to examine it. I almost feel faint sometimes because I'm so exhilarated from being around it. Yeah, you'll feel that way with the map. 
because, um, like I said, a lot of people come in there, they'll do genealogy on it. They, I have a young man that'll come in during the summertime. He hasn't been here this past summer, um, or the summer before with the COVID, but he would come in on a dinghy boat and sit in the museum for three hours documenting the map the whole weekend with a magnifying glass and a camera. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, it's cool. You'll have to come out and see it. All right. That's good. Yeah, you got me. Yep, I got you. (laughs) So back to to the history part. Um, Yeah. Do you... What do you when do you go when you go on investigations? Do you use equipment? Or yeah, do you go I, on the I, I don't pretend to be um, a technologically savvy person, so I I usually just stick with um, being an, an inquiry person. I, I I feel like I'm really good at questioning, and I record um, and occasionally I'll take pictures, but it's mostly sound recording. I go with. And let the friends of mine who are good with the the cameras and the gadgets use their stuff, and uh, that's that's usually what happens. Gotcha. Yep. Well, that sounds yep, I, um, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, there's so many like the the groups that I'm closest to, which is um, the folks in Crop and and also Transcend. Um, the, the people inside those groups are so good with uh, the the various equipments and techni- techni- the technology strategies coupled with the uh, sensory um, element that I I often myself feel like God what do I have I don't I'm I'm not a I'm not a big sensory person I'm not someone who's great with with electronic gadgets. So, but I, I feel like my my strength is in, instincts, and that's why I feel like I'm really good with teams on uh, having the right questions. Right. Well, do you think that this is changing the subject a little bit? But it's it's a question that's jumping out. Like, um, you do a lot of reenactments too, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I wonder if like they attract themselves to you and like your staff because like they're in uniforms with that time period. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say for me, it's always been a, a 50, 50 proposition. Uh, you know, when I was in Getty, well, I lived in Gettysburg for about three or four years and I hiked the battlefield in my Civil War office all the time, and I had some really good out out of the air voice phenomena. Um, Henricus, you know, all the time. When I worked at Old Fort Jackson, Savannah, Georgia, I had some stuff. You know, I would say that yeah, split, split down the middle. But the stuff that I've had wearing clothes, period clothing, has been probably the more curious. Uh, hauntings, I would say. Um, when I was in Gettysburg, I was walking on a part of the battlefield, and I was wearing my jacket. It had sergeant stripes on it, and I was completely alone, middle of nowhere, part of the battlefield. 
and minding my old bit, my own business, talk, you know, talking to myself about monuments and, uh, you know, the birds and trees. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I hear someone call Sergeant. And I, I was, it was so natural that I felt like somebody was following me. And one of my friends was like, you know, playing, you know, duck and dodge with me. And I kind of ran to every big monument to see if they were hiding behind it. And then I realized that, no, it was just a disembodied voice that called out Sergeant because that's what the jacket I was wearing. Uh, Oh, wow. Wild. That's like creepy and wild at the same time. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Also at Gettysburg, at Pickett's Charge, I was wearing – I was wearing my, my Confederate uniform with a badge that says Ambulance Corps. And I was just walking there over the stone wall. And I noticed that uh, there wasn't that many people. And, and all of a sudden, I heard something, again, out of the air. Just, it just was loud. It hit me right, right in the side of my ear. And it said, please help me. And, oh, gosh. Uh, I looked back over my left shoulder and any of those people that were near that spot were had long been gone. Um, so I, I do believe that wearing period clothing is a sort of magnet. Yeah. Which, which lends yeah, me to believe I, that uh, you wonder how, again, that, that theory of, can they see you, you know, what's, what can they sense or see? Because if they're picking up that I, my clothing is close to their period, do they feel like, you know, I'm a friend or it's, it's is, is, are we that replicates the past almost like a, a trigger for them? I, I always wondered that. Right. Well, I do know I went to, um, I've done two I mean, I've done a lot of investigations, but recently one of my questions, you know, when I do my research is, can you feel temperature? And in two different locations, at the Manor House in Williamsburg and then at the private home I went to this past weekend, two separate places, both of us said yes. Mm, Yeah. And that's on a, you know, doing really a REM pod session, not necessarily, I mean, I have it recorded too, but it just amazes me that in two of those, in two separate locations that they have set the REM pod off and then on the Necrophonic app you get yes. But I like the fact that they set the REM pod off because it takes quite a bit to set the REM pod off. It's not something that you can just, you know, your phone's not going to set it off. So yeah. that's what I find interesting, and I have that documented in both both places except for the part of the manor house because half of my footage disappeared, and I still have no explanation for that. Wow, yeah, that's neat. I'm, I'm still upset. I'm still – I'm not going to say upset about it. I'm just baffled of how my body cam – lost 30 minutes of time when it's never done that before and it was it was critical evidence like so critical and it's gone forever oh yeah you know i feel like i've had 
I feel like I've had EVPs that were strong at one point, and then you go back to listen to them a few times later, and you you can't find them, even though you you kind of chronicled the time, and then you go back to it, and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore. Um, yeah, I've had that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, William. Yeah, I've, 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 I've talked to David Flowers about it, and we just have no. We have no explanation because I have used that body cam twice since that investigation at the manor house, and it has not skipped time at all. Hmm. So it's it's just bizarre to me. So, you know, of course I did put it on Facebook, and I snapshotted the the time difference because I'm like, what the hell? It's It's just bizarre and just, something I can't explain. Well, yep, there you go. There's your there's your paranormal field right there in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't explain. I can't explain it no matter how many times I try to go over it. As a matter of fact, when I'm done with my show, I'm going to get my body camera and I'm actually going to run a run a recording here. You know, same thing with the Necrophonics app yesterday getting, or the day before listening to my recordings and getting Blondie. I want to make sure that the word Blondie is not on a Necrophonics app, not that I have heard it yet. Oh, but yeah. wow. that's two different yeah. locations. Old House Woods and New Kent are two totally different places. Hmm. So I'm just baffled at the whole thing. So, but I like to, you know, make sure that there's nothing in there that says that, because then that'll throw everything out the window that I had been thought thinking about with the male spirit being around me. Yeah, so my, we'll see. Some of my friends have suggested that I start to up the game and the building that I work in on site, because I, I'm there all the time. So I really I have a captive audience of the spirits there so you know i could pretty much just do an constant ongoing investigation of my own in that building and i i'm curious what would be the best way to do that with um with either what with what devices and i'm really thinking of just at least getting some cameras up in various places uh to catch anything visually but also, I really, I do want to to see if there's any heat or electronic signatures that shouldn't be there. Um, probably something I'm going to do in the next month or two. Oh yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool. I always tell people like, yep, if anyone wants to come on a random day and just uh, you know set everything up, kind of hide it all while the day goes, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you, I mean, what's the rules there as far as, because some places don't let you do that at all. Yeah, well, the thing, if, if, if I was to set up some equipment throughout the whole day, um, you know, I, I obviously, I wouldn't be able to take um, any of the video or anything of uh, visitors and put it out there for the public. Um, but I pretty much 
can do spots and areas and things that it would make a difference if the public was there or not. Um, it would just be basically uh, kind of uh, behind the curtain kind of stuff. And it would mm-hmm. be stuff where the public could see it. So I'm just, I'm almost like you're setting up a security system, but it's really just equipment. Uh, that's, that's, I'm going to look into doing that because I want to keep, uh, I don't know, making it uh, a little, I don't know, a little more enriched for myself to kind of see what's in that building because I kind of feel that spirits sometimes get bored of you. And I think over time I've had less occurrences in that building I'm in because after probably the last several years, I've probably told that spirit, you know, hey, look, you can't bother the public when they're in this building. You can you can do whatever with me, but not with the public. So, and a lot of our public, though, if we said that we were, if we had a building that we were actually investigating the whole day long, my guess is that 99% of the public would think that was pretty cool. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be cool, you know. Um we get some people like in the museum that believe in paranormal, and then we get some people in there that are like, no, you know. So I think it would be, I think it would be really cool. I think that you would capture, I think it would be promotion for where you're at too. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I I've, I've dabbled into the public on a fairly routine basis, like. You know, hey, what do you what do you think about uh, this place being haunted? And before I even ask those questions, a lot of times the people who are in those buildings, and especially the one around me, there's a fair number of people that say, "Hey, is this place haunted?" Because I'm feeling something inside that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it that amazes me with people when they come in and say things like that. I don't. That's the same thing where I work at. People don't, I don't say anything to people, and I've had people come up to me and say, hey, you know, do you have stuff that happens in here? And I'm like, stuff like what? You know, because our town is a little bit still taboo with paranormal. They're not, they're not as open to it as some, you know, as some places are. They're not, I just got permission, um, over the summer to actually run equipment in the town because they're they're really picky with stuff. So I got right. lucky with being allowed to do that. Yeah, you know, I think our, I mean, my 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 director probably thinks I think he does think most of it's pretty silly, you know. Um, but he also is like whether he thinks it's silly or not, he knows that it's a popular interest with a lot of people. So, who you know, far be it for him to get in the way of that. So he's he's a pretty open-minded guy about things like that. That that lets us have a lot of functions at our location. Oh, that's really that's really cool. Yeah, the director yeah, before we, him, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the same thing with our mayor. You know, our mayor last the last mayor we had for the town was not was not open to stuff like that 
the mayor that we have now has a little bit more of an open mind along with our town administrator. They have open minds to things like that. But if I would have approached that when our old administrator was there or our old mayor was there, it would have been a no-go. Nope. Wow. You know, yeah. so I'm, I'm fortunate where, you know, they're more open-minded to stuff. And to me, it brings – tourism into our town just like it mm -hmm. would be in you know where you work at um you know it brings tourism there in all parks i think and you can correct me if i'm wrong but quite a few of them are financially in trouble oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i I, you know, I, made, I made that pitch uh years ago i said there is so many people that are into history and there's so many people that are into the paranormal. And yep. if you look at it like a Venn diagram, there's, there's a bubble portion of the bubbles that they all seem to kind of interlock around paranormal people and history people. You know, it, there's a common link between the past, you know, there's paranormal people who might not be dead set into history study but they also are into paranormal stuff where they want to understand what occurred before to help them be better investigators. Right. And that, that part of it makes, in my opinion, it makes the paranormal people who weren't necessarily into history, like I am, for, for example, but they kind of start moving in that direction because they realize that history is interwoven with a lot of paranormal research and investigation. So if it is, if it's about environment and it's about the feel and the understanding of what's happened in the past, that's going to bring people to historic locations. So why not? Right. Right. Yeah, because yeah, a I lot mean, of historic locations are disappearing. I mean, I mean, where we're at in the town, they're working hard to preserve that Scottish factor because it really is considered one of the last standing buildings. Uh, they don't know of any other ones within the United States that is still standing and in oh, almost, almost mint condition. Right. I, I, you want to bring your tourists there. And I, and I might be, you know, I, I'm not as privy into the, um, the whole, the paranormal community, like some of my friends are, uh, but the mm. ones that I feel closest to might be just a, an odd sampling for me, but my paranormal friends and associates, are some of the best stewards for history that I know of. And mm -hmm. yeah, oh yeah. And I'm I'm trying to make sure that uh the people in the museum world that I know who aren't sure about that, I always ask them to to give it a shot and just try it out and you'll probably be surprised. True. That is true. Yeah, yeah I mean if you're if you're a museum and you are like, well, I don't know uh, you know, uh, it, it might it might be taking a risk, and I and I don't know if our 
our uh, foundation or our board or our, our bosses' bosses will think this is cool. And, you know, the one thing I always say is, one, uh, paranormal stuff is now a common part of our society. And, two, if you get groups that have a good resume and they're, they have a good track record, why not bring them in and give it a test? test shot and see where it goes and um, that's how Henrikus got to be where it's at and uh, I'm glad that the groups that come back there time and time again enjoy it so much yeah yeah it's I think I'm looking at I was mapping as we were talking it's about an hour and 16 minutes from where I'm at mm-hmm. yep so yeah right. it's hot. Too far, it's almost like a trip to Newport News or Williamsburg. So it's not too yeah. far, it's just in the opposite direction. Right. Now, is it is is that open daily? Yeah, the, site, the site's open Wednesday through Sunday. I write uh, that down. You know, 10, 10, 10 to 5. All right, 10 to 5. Let's see. Am I... December month is going to be busy. Okay, ten to five. What do you know? Is there a cost to get the, to get in? Yes, I think our I think our new adult price is it's either eight or nine dollars off the top of my head. But okay. I always just tell people to go to our website henrikus.org. Just check it out. Okay, I'll do that. I was writing it down. So I can remember what days are open because I know if I go out there, I'll pick up my sister and we'll end up coming out there. Yeah. Well, even, even if we're not open on Monday and Tuesday, um, the part, the larger park is open. If you want to walk around historic um, property, even though you can't go inside the the venues, you could still go to the James river bluff on on our trails um, I think our gift shop's open. No, well, maybe not. I can't tell you because I'm not there on Monday and Tuesday. Um, oh, no, that's fine. I would go on a day that I'd know that at least you would that you would be there or it was open to where I could go and, you know, read and look at everything. Yes, yes. And, you yeah, and if, you, make a- if you come, make sure you definitely send word to me so that way I can, uh, you know, give you a comp pass, you know, so <laughs> – Okay, I like, no, I, like I, I will definitely let you know um, when I plan to do that. I know that for, like, this month I'm going to be helping my sister with some stuff, but um, I'm looking at probably, like, the beginning of the year. Sure. Because yeah. December is going to yeah. be a busy, busy month for me. Well, for her, too, because she yeah. has to move. She's moving into we, a um, new haunted house. <laughs> oh, wow. Good for, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> One to another. We um the site's closed for um this, it's Christmas to MLK holiday uh, is the only okay. time we're closed that during the year. So after okay. Martin Luther King holiday in January we're back open. So maybe after that we can get you over there, or you know anybody that's listening or wants to come, just let just let me know. Yeah, I'll, we will do that. Um, Definitely, because like I said, I've been wanting to get out there and just have not had a chance to get out there yet. So, 
you get sidetracked, and then I'll drive by it. Uh, on the way back from um, Orlando, I drove past, and I was like, dang it, i got to get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And see, my sister, where she, she's moving to Mechanicsville, so she'll be even closer, so that helps out a lot. Yeah, that's where I live. I'm in Mechanicsville, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll be moving there very soon. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I um, we got about three minutes left. I I know you got to, you know, get your get your stuff done. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come on my show. Yeah, no problem. I love it. I love helping out people and uh, certainly answering questions on behalf of the site and especially when it comes to ghost stuff, I'm all about it. So anytime. Oh, yes, yes. And, you know, um, I'll probably have you back on if that's okay with you at some point. Because I just – I always feel that my show is too short and there's always things that that don't get said and then I think of things after the fact and I'm like, dang it, I need to get him back on so we can talk about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Time. You know, I know you got a busy schedule, but I know you'll help me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know. Give me some give me some time to put it on my uh my calendar and I'll do it for you, no problem. That's no problem. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm going to – I don't want to run into Ryan's show. I know he's going to be doing paranormal news, I think. So he's going to have a couple cool. extra minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't good for go Good for Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I know he's doing paranormal news according to him, but um, according to what his show topic was, I thought that's what he was doing this evening, but – Hopefully, um, are you going to be out at the Cabins event by chance? Um, I think it's the I think it's probably not. Probably not. I probably won't be able to for a a little while. But uh, come come middle of winter, I'll probably be doing more stuff out and about. Yeah. Because I know they were so, having their um, Toys for Tot events on the on the 11th. I was going to go right. to that. That's what I was asking. No, that's I have a I have a big museum program that day, and I have to stay at Henrikus overnight that that night. So I'm stuck. Ah, well, that's okay. I'm sure I'll see you soon. Yes, that'd be cool. All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Yes. Have a great night. (laughs) All right. Take care now. Bye. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye. All right. So I appreciate everybody tuning into Vibe Time. I got about 47 seconds left before I have to get off of Vibe Radio Network. So... Let me go ahead and hang up there. Let's see. I got 31 seconds. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Thank you for tuning in to Vibe Time. And next week I have Sean Austin coming on my show. So that's going to be really exciting. So y'all on Vibe Radio Network, y'all have a great night. See you
Hello, all you freaks out there. This is Ryan, and over here, this Hello. shoulder here, Random shoulder. that is Kimmy. Um, she's not on camera, but I've got Freddie here. And Among Us characters. And Among Us characters. We, uh, we have the whole crew here. Angie is uh, in bed with RJ. So we've just got us hanging out here. Going to do some supernatural news. I figured I'd do a live tonight. I haven't done that in a while, and uh, we'll see if anybody actually shows up to watch the uh, to watch the live show. Uh, hope everyone had a, a good Thanksgiving. We uh, we had a good time. We went to uh, Angie's mom's house for lunch, and then I ended up going to my grandma's house for dinner. Uh, RJ got sick week, so. He uh, had a fever on Thanksgiving, so he wasn't exactly ready to go two places on the same day. Plus, you know, my my grandma is in her 90s now. My sister has been in and, out, in and out of the hospital for the past few years, and she's finally getting better, knock on wood. So, you know, I didn't want to bring him there and, you know, and, uh, yeah, just, just and get everyone pissed off at me because I brought a sick mm-hmm. kid to the to the to the party, so my body had my body's immune system was like, yeah, we we have a ten day processing period, and now I'm just like, yeah, yeah. So it was fun, you know. We uh, ate a lot of turkey. Angie made a baked ham on Wednesday night, and uh, that was really good. And her mom bought a turkey fryer, and I put it together again. I, it didn't fall apart, so. <laughs> I'm very impressed with myself on that one because I never put anything together. And her brother bought a turkey. He bought it. He brined it, brought it over here, and he was running a little bit late. Uh, so we didn't get to eat the turkey because by the time it was done, we had to leave because I had to go to my grandma's house. But unfortunately, he took the turkey with him. Hmm. So I didn't really get to try the fried turkey. But other than that, it was good. Uh, Michigan beat Ohio State. That's that's incredible. That it's been like nine years since they beat uh, Ohio State. If anybody knows me, you know I'm a big Michigan fan. So I was expecting the worst, but I got the best. And uh, apparently, it was a good game. I couldn't watch the game. I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna. Cause I get I get really like into sports, probably more than I should. Where. It's like if I, my team doesn't win and I watch it, it's like my whole weekend is ruined. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to give myself a stroke by watching this, going to watch it. I'm just going to try to avoid my phone as much as I can and just keep the mindset. If they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. And I was expecting them not to win, and they won. So I'm very excited about that. I'm going to go ahead and see. Let me see if I can share my video here. I gotta get my all my ones of fans coming on here. My tens of fans coming on the show. Let's see here. What do you share that? Oh. Uh do 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 do. No one's watching me. Oh, the people listening listen to the podcast right now probably wonder what the heck I'm doing. Yeah, they're just like, so, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you a little behind the scenes. I was trying to share my live feed. Uh, but you know what? It's okay. I feel less nervous and people aren't watching me anyway, so <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and start the show here. Um, oh, yeah. Next week on December 11th, a week from Saturday, we are having a toy drive at the cabin on 360. 
So we do this every year. Last year we didn't do it because of COVID and the restrictions. Plus, we were getting the floors replaced at the cabin. So we did. We couldn't uh, really have people in the cabin anyway. So, but this year we are doing the toy drive again. The Giving Ghost um, the, the mission being a twenty-five dollar unwrapped toy to the cabin, and uh, we'll have, we'll have the, the, the toys delivered to the Toys for Tots. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun. It's always a good time. Plus, you're giving you're you're giving to kids. You're you're making sure a child somewhere that may not have a good Christmas without this is having a good Christmas. So if you want to come out, uh, you know, if you live in the area, you know, we would love to have you. We're gonna try to. I'm not sure if we're gonna have the brick house or not because there's gonna there's um, a uh, a new tenant moving in here, and I, I don't know because I don't know it's a week or two. I don't know idea, but um, it may just be the cabin in the in the woods. But still, there's still two haunted locations. One is a could be a former brothel, former brothel, and the other one is a civil battlefield. So it's pretty good. And you know, minor plus side. One of them is doesn't have very that into the in it, you know. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's true. I mean, the brick house is pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, we always have a good time, regardless. So, if you can if you can come out and hang out with us, that would be awesome. We would definitely love to see you. So, just let us know if you guys are, if you're going to come or not. So, let's see here. I scoured the globe looking for supernatural news uh, from around the world. Translation. <laughs> I got on the computer an hour ago and put in the website. I know it's got good supernatural news. Tell you what, you go to the Mirror. It is a, uh, a newspaper out of the UK, I believe. Uh, this thing, this this site or news organization takes the paranormal seriously because there are a ton of articles in this place. So I'm going to read this article here. It's uh, I got to click on it. Make sure. Gotta go through all the ads here, you know. You know how it is. Let's see here. These pop up ads are coming up, stuff in this ad, yes. Alright, so that's when you're trying to scroll and it just stops. Mm-hmm. This is from the mirror again. This is written by Kim Jones on November seventh, twenty twenty one. So uh, a little bit, little bit less than a month ago. Uh, Hugo's live in our house. One threw scissors, and the other predicted my baby's sex. Well, that's wow, that's interesting. Hi. Lainey Clark says, "I've always hoped that spirits existed, but never saw anything until my mom died. I was in my early early twenties, and soon after she passed, she came to me in a dream and said, "I'm here to tell you, I'm okay and I'm happy. It was so real, and I felt." ever since, knowing she's not suffering anymore. I met Ben when I was 31. I had just left my husband of 13 years. We were teaching in the same school and bonded immediately. And after I had given him a telling off for not doing his job properly. Well, you got to put him in his place sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? We moved, in, we moved in together three months later in the summer of 2018. Our little house was perfect, but odd noises kept us up at night. We'd hear footsteps on the stairs, and despite it being a new build, we put it down to creaky 
floorboards and cooling pipes. Well, some of you do, you know. Then fiddle sounds became a whole lot scarier. One afternoon, Ben was out, and I was happily relaxing in the bath when I heard a male voice call my name. I froze. Maybe it was, maybe it was the old tenants. Nervously, I called out, Who's there? But the house was silent. That'd be creepy. The old tenant thinks just walk right into the house. Yeah, and, no. Like, <laughs> well, we used to live here, so it's pretty much the same thing. It's right? like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we signed on the dotted line. I yeah. Know. I figured, you know, it's just, I was shaken to the core, but I didn't tell Ben. We were still in the early days of the relationship, and didn't want him to seem like, seem like a mad woman. But that all changed a few weeks later. We just finished dinner and popped the telly on, ready for a chill evening on the sofa. Out of nowhere, our pot plant shifted across the shelf in front of us and dropped to the floor. We both stared in disbelief. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. We couldn't deny it now. Our house had a poltergeist. It shattered everything I thought I knew about life. Brought up in a strict Catholic family, I was taught that there was no such thing as ghosts, but now I know they're very real. Didn't you just say her mom came to visit her? Yeah, like earlier in the earlier in the uh, broadcast here. Let's go back up to the. Let's go back in the past. There are little plot holes here, but anyway. she came to me in a dream. Okay, but still, Since if you believe, <laughs> if you believe what you what you heard in the dream, why don't you believe in the parallel? I don't know. Let's let's figure out what's going on here. Do, 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 do. Living house cost a fortune, and we couldn't afford to just up and leave. I felt like we couldn't talk about what what I was experiencing, scared of leaving, expect it work. We had to come to terms, terms with it, initially had no intention of sharing our story. Then two years later, we decided to find others who were experiencing hauntings to help us feel less alone. We thought we'd be laughed at, but it turns out haunted houses are quite common. So I'm going to have in the, in the two years since they decided to, was it the small stuff or, you know, was it, did it stop? We started off scaring. We started off scared of the ghost, but thought, well, if it's going to get us, it's going to get us. It's massively frustrating when we're up, woken up in the night, when a door slams in our faces, but we cope okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, I would be freaked out if this door slammed in my face. Glad you're coping. Yeah, I know, right? There are actually two spirits in our house. Dave is always here. He's thought to be attached to us, not the house, not the house. He was the first spirit to reveal himself. I wonder if he was the one calling her name. Mm-hmm. When uh, she was in the bathtub. Probably. Dave, you sly doggy. The psychic told us his name and his frustration that we weren't acknowledging him. But things have calmed down a lot. It's like living with an invisible housemate. He's made it known that he's that, that his favorite food is spam. Huh? Do you leave out cans of spam for him, I wonder? We moved I in. imagine, like, oh, yes, I'm going to get this Spam out and cook with it for dinner time, honey. Turns around, places Sam. Oh, I forgot, blah, blah, blah. Turns around. The flames flo- flo- floating yeah. down the hall. Turn around, you see the Sam going down into the room. You're just like, Dave. I was going to cook dinner what? with that, Dave. I Spam. Laugh track. That's right. <laughs> That's our Dave. Do, 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 do. We moved in at, in a, at, oh, hey, talk. We moved in, I had really bad headaches. We recently discovered that Dave passed away in a car accident. He had a blow to the side of his head, the same side as my headaches. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Dave. 
The other spirit, Andy, is the late brother of the psychic medium who investigated our house. We think Dave and Andy have actually bonded. You're my best friend. Now, how friend. do you do that? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this ghost is, you know, just the dead brother of the psychic medium we had come over. You know. I guess apparently he was attached to the medium. I'm like, oh, I like you, Dave. Thanks for your best friends. My scariest moment was when Benny was away. I was startled awake to the sound of a growling, growling in my ear. I started recording on my phone to document what had happened and watch as a spirit lifted my hair from my shoulder. That felt too close for comfort, spirits, and it hasn't, and it hasn't happened again. I never feel alone in the house. I've come to love living with spirits. Sometimes it's so quiet we wonder if they've gone. There's a lot of activity when we're stressed or anxious, so we must feed off our negative energy. Using a Ouija board, I asked Dave and Andy if they'd protect our unborn baby. They said yes. Dave was convinced the baby was, would be a boy. Recently found out the gender at a scan. He was right. I was gobsmacked. Well, it's a 50-50 chance. Mm. You know? Yeah, like, this is either one or the other. Yeah. I flip a coin. I know it's going to be, a, you know, a heads or tails. <laughs> I was going to land on its side. And it's going to... No, imagine. Yeah, it was just, it just lands on its side. And then yeah, exactly. Universe. All right, all right, guys. Okay. We got three right. we, flip. <laughs> it lands on its side. That's another People probably think we're absolute idiots. That we have demons in our house, and we put our, putting our unborn child at risk. But there's no heaviness or bad vibes here. Yeah. There's life beyond death, and that's all I've ever, I've ever wanted to hear. Ben Hubbard, as a kid... I had a love-hate relationship with horror movies. I liked to get scared, but always had in the back of my mind that they weren't real. Now I'm living in my own version of a Hollywood blockbuster. I remember seeing shadows out of the corner of my eye. I feeling like someone watching me in my own home, but I was a skeptic. I don't believe it was a ghost, let alone two of them. When objects started moving in the house, I was terrified. I'd seen the Conjuring movies. I thought we were going to die. Soon we were coming home to a pigsty, our possessions thrown out a mess, so we decided to put up motion-activated cameras to capture Dave and Andy in action. Dave and Andy sound like assholes. No kind of thing. Jeez. I want my spam. I want me spam. Jeez. One day I watched a pair of scissors fly out of the kitchen drawer. I didn't want to think about what would have happened if we were in, this, in the way at the time. A few weeks later, I woke up to the, use the loo during the night. I looked up to see the outline of a man standing right in front of me. My jaw hit the floor. I was definitely awake. My mind was in overdrive. It couldn't be real. Could it? We speak to Andy and Dave using a spirit board and a ghost hunting app. They're the budget option, but it, because it's not cheap chatting to ghosts. Apparently it is. <laughs> if, you, I mean, if, if you're talking to them. Just pop out the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Dave loves winding me up. I was alone one day playing FIFA and saw something out of move on the corner of my eye. I left up and left the house. Mandy came home hours later to find me sitting barefoot on the doorstep looking sad. I feel warm and comfortable when Lainey's with me. Most people say our house feels happy and calm, but a few friends hate it. A mate offered to his house that while we went away. A few hours into our journey, he rang to say he'd heard footsteps walk across the room. In the early hours, he wake up and saying, I posted your key through the door. I am leaving. Apparently, he'd been lying in bed when the duvet was pulled away. 
This was the final straw. He bolted and hasn't been back since. Movie show goes throwing people down the stairs. I'm so grateful that we don't have a basement. That would be game over. It's not so bad. Weird things happen now and then. It's okay. We're not possessed. So the only thing keeping them from throwing down the stairs, throwing them down the stairs, is stairs. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but okay. Yeah. They're throwing knives at people, or could be if they were actually there. We post very real footage of our spirits online, but no, not everyone was willing to accept it. We're not sharing stuff to make people believe. It helps us understand what was happening, and we love being a part of the paranormal community. At first, I was very fearful, but now I love our spirits. Wow. That's awesome. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Hope you're enjoying our story here. That was... uh. So we, we have the zany antics of Dave and Andy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like it's that bad. I got my heater gone, turn that off. Um, I've seen worse, like a paranormal witness, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wonder uh, wonder how they're doing over there. If Dave and Andy are still <laughs> hanging out. So I got an article. soap in the pants. Exactly. An article for you to read next. I can get this stupid pop-up out the way. Where'd it go? Let's go back. Brenton's most haunted village. Mm-hmm. Screams of agony. It sounds like right up, right up your alley. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know, you're wrong. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, <but. laughs> Gotta get, get right. physically ready for this. Do this. Mm. Mm. Okay. Got this. Probably. Okay. <laughs> the hanging body of a schoolmaster, many, many teen monks, and students of agony coming from the woods. This is not the setting. Okay, excuse okay. me, what Papa. Is, what is excuse this? me. What is this? <laughs> This is not the setting of a fear-inducing horror movie, but rather a quaint English village nestled in the Kent countryside. You know what? I think it will become a uh, horror movie. No, literally. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this. <laughs> like, no, it's this like right, right itself. It's like this script, all right? Like, <laughs> with just a thousand residents and a mix of adorable cottages and picturesque country homes, the tiny village of Luckley? Luckily, it sounds, it sounds quite quaint to me. I would. It's just that it's it's just cottage. Yes, yes. Appears to be a perfectly normal place to live, but things start to change when darkness hits and the villagers hiding a number of disturbing secrets. The parish, parish church dates back more more than 600 years and the villagers such a perfect picture of an English village. It was even the setting, yeah, the setting of the Darling Duds. Darling Duds from May. What? The Darling Buds of May. Oh. The Darling Duds. (laughs) I know how to read, okay? I swear. Starring David Jason and Catherine Zeta-Jones. But 
scratch beneath the surface and all is not as it seems. Okay. If staggering 15 ghosts are said to roam around various parts of the village from the Screaming Woods. Okay, why do you name it? The Screaming Woods. <laughs> well, you're just that, trying to set it up for a horror movie. That sounds like something you would go to, like, a, like a haunted hayride on, at Halloween. It just sounds like the start of, like, a horror movie of, like, a, like four teams, like, choose a dare. They're like, okay. Well, look at the next one. Oh, 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 no. Okay. To the short court, court, courtyard. Sure. Church. You're about as bad as I am. To the churchyard of four. <laughs> including a man smothered by a wall of clay and a phantom coach and horses. So, Screaming Woods. That sounds like a great place to live. <laughs> Just imagine, like, you know, after a subtle three minutes of gaslighting your friend and this thing there. They're like, okay, I dare you to go to the <laughs> Screaming Woods. Go to the woods. It's fine. <laughs> Did I mention it's called the Screaming Woods? All right, all right. This is, all right. If you're doubting its authentic authenticity, luckily it's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most haunted village in Britain. How do you determine that? Like, Literally. Like the person just comes down they, there, spends a couple minutes. All right, let's go, guys. <laughs> I know they send people down to like write and make sure it's. But how do they quantify the most haunted village? In, you know. I feel like at some point it's kind of like they go down there, look around, be like, all right, all right yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. So many different voices to the cabin. I'm going to say the cabin is most. I could say the cabin is most haunted exactly. property in the Cashville. Like you could say so, anything, and if someone agrees yeah. with you, then it's agree. Like. Mm-hmm. Call again. It's not a good of a system, but yeah, get them out. Whatever. We gotta get them out here. We gotta, we gotta get them. Crush. It's not that good of a system for stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how they gotta talk to, see how they, how they figure out if it's really that haunted or not. Hmm. My darling. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you may continue. Proceed. <laughs> not a lot of explanation needed. Explanation, I can't, I can't need it for this one. The trillingly titled Screaming Wood certainly lives up to its name, with numerous reports of sounds of screaming men and women being heard after dark. I don't have people just for like from the pluckly actually go in the woods and start screaming. All right, you're turn for screaming tonight. And like, oh, my God, it's, it's like an initiation it's for right. kids. Oh, you don't want to be out late, little one. You might be caught in the screaming woods. They call up as like the parents group. AR, he was doing it tonight. That's Billy right. was acting up. That's right. <laughs> I said, "Did the woods if you don't shape up?" <laughs> no, mommy, not the skinny woods. Um, we jest, but we are total believers. Definitely, they are said to be the sounds of those poor souls who died while lost in the misty woods. Over the years, the site has become a real tourist. Man, I wonder why. With a brave view, even choosing to spend the night camping beneath the canopy of trees. That's not the only place in the village where screams ring out. As people claim to hear someone shouting on agony from the side of the brickwork. Yeah. It was there that one unlucky bricklayer met a gruesome end when he was smothered by a wall of clay and drowned. Ponte Park 2? Haunted Highway Man. All right. The sound of ghostly horses' hooves would definitely chill the blood, and people living in Pluckley have have to put. Wow. <laughs> you just can't do that place seriously. <laughs> I can't. 
I just put up with these on a regular basis. According according to locals, visions of uh, of a horse-drawn carriage, along with the clip-flop of horses' hooves, haunt Maltman's Hill. Okay, they're just trying. They're well, they're just trying to make it sound like a horror village town. Maltman's Hill. Like. <laughs> well, that doesn't really sound like haunt Maltman's Hill. That'd be different. It's just everything Maltman. is like. You can just come up with a whole backstory. Anyway. I mean, you could. I mean, it could be like... They, go, it's just, they set it up for a horror movie. The Village of the Dead. The Village of the Ghost. The Village of Ghosts or something. <laughs> you know? Back in 1997, one driver, when they heard the clatter of hooves on cobbles... Yeah, on cobbles on a atomic on road. That's pavement. That's basically what it is. Um. <sighs> A babysitter even reported seeing these coaches as if it were real with light pouring from its windows as the horses pulled along the street. The aptly named Fright Corner is also a place to be avoided if you like. You saw, these sound like haunted, haunted like stations at King's Dominion and Bush Garden. No, literally. Naming that's words. what I'm saying. Fright Corner. Like, yeah. they can't name one thing normally. <laughs> Like hollow screen in real mm-hmm. life. It's the ghostly visions as the specter, yeah, as the specter of a highwayman hides in a tree. All right. Um, it's believed the highwayman was killed here in the 18th century after getting into a fight with those in charge of keeping the peace in the village. Imagine being the keeper of peace, getting in a fight with someone, and then killing them. Well, he kept the peace. <laughs> Apparently. They pinned him to an oak tree with his sword, and now their fight is reenacted. I, in my defense, there's a dash there. They would rub. They would. They would rub. They would rub their. Yeah, they would rob, like stagecoaches and you know, take jewelry and stuff, or you know, maybe kill people. That's what I was the highwayman did. The atmosphere pub, the blacksmith. The blacksmith's arms boast not one, not two, but three ghosts. Okay, wow. Previously called both the specter's arms and the ghost arms because there have so many hauntings. Strange things are still going on behind its walls to this day. Among the figures who have been sighted in the pub, there are a tutor? It's like a time of a part of like a of history, the tutor part. You oh, know. not a tutor like you know, like yeah. teaching them how to. <laughs> a co- coachman who gaze who gazes longingly at the fire in the public bar, and a cavalier wandering around the upstairs room. The blacksmith's arms isn't the only haunted pub pub in Pluckley. Pluckley. <laughs> <Pluckley. laughs> what? Like they do. I just like a tongue twister. They want to mess me up. That's right. Here. That's a, that's why they did wrote this article like this. You know what? Somewhere there's gonna be a young lady reading this article in America, and we're gonna mess her up. So. Oh, you thought you knew British slang? Well, take this. Oh. You wanker. Okay. The black horse also has its fair share of ghosts. However, they're a shy set of spirits in this boozer, and while they are cheeky, they've never actually been seen. The pub, which used 
which used to be a farmhouse belonging to the local Valius. Bayless. Bayless, okay. <laughs> and was surrounded by a moat. It's famous for things magically disappearing from right in front of people. But it seems these ghosts have a conscious... Have a, Conscience. Oh, I did technically go right. They call it science. <laughs> because a few days after items disappear, they turn up again. It might, it might look like the perfect place for a today country stroll, but there are reports that Dickie's bus lane is anything but... Richard Dippy Bus was a well-known figure in the village, in the village last century, and the Miller is said to now haunt the village villages, now ruined and abandoned windmill, the pine pit pinot pinot. Yeah, that sounds about right. Dicky closed his mill in 1930, and nine years later, it's destroyed in a storm when it was struck by lightning. Well, that's an epic way to go. I can't even lie. Yeah. Like, that must be a cool-looking building if it was hit by lightning. Of course, it probably burns, but it's probably a lot However, it seems Dickie has unfinished business, and his spirit is said to still haunt the windmill, and he is normally spotted just before a thunderstorm hits. As for the lane, it's a corpse of the teacher who hanged himself, haven't seen. He is said to take his own life following World War One, and his body is found by Dickie several weeks later. A few places are spookier than a cemetery, so plus leaves is even more terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> plus leaves. I can't. Like, anyway, plus leaves is even more terrifying than most. You know what plus leaves sounds like? It sounds like a fat character in, like, a children's story. Plus leaves like character in like a kid's cartoon? Like a portly gent, portly young man named Pluckley. Yeah. He was a Pluckley young man. Keeps reminding me of it. I think it's the pumpkin. From that one like Halloween movie where it's a square pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Spookly, that's Spookly. Spookly. There's literally like something that's named Puck, Puckweed. I just, anyway, anyway. Spookly, the square pumpkin. Have you watched that on Halloween? Hmm. Lady Deering was buried in the graveyard of the local church of the local church, St. Nicholas, in the uh, 1100s. 1100s. I I know how to read it. In a coffin made of lead, all right, with a red rose placed on top of her final resting place. There have been sightings of her, now now known as the Red Lady after her rose, wandering the graveyard in the wailing while she searches for a grave of her stillborn baby. A lady in white said said to stop both the church and the library of her old family home. Daring, I think. Mm-hmm. The grand house was destroyed in a blaze in a blaze in nineteen sixty two, but her spirit was reportedly seen by staff from the US Embassy who used to prop who used who used, used the property? But most men use the property as a base. Yeah. Apparently, they don't believe in editing their articles in the man. Sorry. Proofread, yeah. you know. Between World War One and World War Two. Yeah, you know? literally. Mm-hmm. One employee even held an all-night vi- visual one Christmas Eve, and when the 
And when the lady in white appeared in front of him, he shot her ghost with his rifle. We just we just skipped a couple of chapters. What did you what? Why did you bring a rifle? Oh, why'd you bring a gun? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what do you anyway, expect to shoot with it? Like, what, what do you think you're going to achieve with that? These articles are not short. Good God. No. <laughs> Here's the one you give to me. Hey, hello? Go away. We we don't. Thank you. Apparently, you don't want to read this article either. Sir. Uh, come on. Hello? Uh, see the the art the mirror uh, keeps showing a pop up that there. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Whoever we found it, a house named the Greystones was always going to be Tizian's threatening, and this one has its own ghostly monk for good measure. The house was originally built in 1863 and was called Rectory Rectory Cottage, as it was the home of the rector of Saint Nicholas Church nearby. And nowadays it's. St. Nicholas, they were incorporating Christmas into this show right there. Wow. Yeah. Nowadays, it's the most it's most famous resident is said to be the ghost of a monk. However, since it was renamed Greystones, monks himself hidden himself as there have been no reports of unusual activity. Pinnock Bridge is the perfect spot to sit while sit a while and take in these stunning surroundings, whether you are alive or dead. The bridge is said to be haunted by a gypsy woman who made her living selling the watercress she collected from the street below. She's been spotted sitting on the bridge and smoking a pipe. It's believed to to be the spot where she lost her life after being accidentally burned to death. Back it up? <laughs> accidentally. Accidentally. Where is the bridge? Is it over water? If you catch on fire, why don't you jump in the water? Yeah, like... You would have the cop, like the self preservation to unless, just jump into the water. Yeah, she's smoking her pipe unless the acid fell on her and she cut caught on fire. Again, she's you still, still drop in. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how like let's say it was a really cold day. It doesn't matter how cold that water would be. In a lot better than being on fire. Like in that situation, you would take the possible life of going into the cold water and then burning to death. Like yeah, I'd rather I'd rather be cold than on fire. Just saying. Like, I mean, I don't particularly like being super cold. Like, if you were to be in a life or death situation and you were to like get into like snow or like really cold water, it would actually actually technically like keep you alive a bit longer. It's proven that like hypothermia and stuff like that. Yeah, you can get your heart beating again after that. It's easier too. Yeah, plus. It beats being burned a lot. Yes. You know? So, you guys, people who are watching this, would you rather jump in cold water or be burned a lot? I think right. I'd rather be jumping cold water. Yeah, you know, I think I'll take the cold yeah, water. Yeah, I'll take the cold water. You know, I'll get a couple of blankets. Call me crazy. Know. Call me loony. You know? Zany. Just blankets after that. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, be third degree burned to death. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not a good thing. The woman appears as a misty figure and never speaks, simply sits there smoking her pipe. The second man, who took his, his own life from Pluckley, was a colonel who hanged himself in Park Wood. It's been spotted wandering among the trees. Even though much of the area has been cleared, his spirit still seems to remain. The 
250-year-old Rose Court house looks like the perfect quaint English village home but has a very dark secret. Its mistress is said to have taken her own life by eating a handful of poisonous berries. Now, I feel like that's very easily either accidental or on purpose. Because the way they word it may seem like it was on purpose, which it could be, because, like, you could be so like, oh, yeah. Take our own life. But also could have been like, oh, look at these size berries. Eat, eat, I... oh. eat, eat. <laughs> eat, eat. There we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, the Daring Arms seems to be a haunted lodge. It is said to be home to, to the ghost of a woman wearing a bonnet. She has been seen by many customers and a figure so clear she's, she's even been mistaken for a real drinker. She's a real drinker, that one. <laughs> a real drinker. Let's see. I'm going to go over here now. You go, we're going to go to a place not too far from us. Mm-hmm. Went and found some uh, haunted locations in Virginia here. An unexpected hot spot for hauntings, Dumfries, Virginia. Not Dumfries, I don't think. <laughs> but I think it's Dumfries, Virginia. The haunting of Hill House, Paranormal Activity, the Blair Paranormal Activity, the Blair Witch Project, American Horror Story. If you're intrigued by all being spooky and experienced, you've come to or live in the right place. Prince William, particularly in the town of Dumfries, there is a fascinating history of haunted folklore, so much so that the small, beloved town is on the map nationally for those looking for a ghostly place to visit. Many people visit us after watching Travel Channel and other shows filmed here around 2012, said Lisa, Lisa Timmerman, Executive Jeffries, Virginia, and the Weens Bottom... Queen's Botch Museum. The team has been informed by paranormal researchers that the area of Dumfries is extremely active when it comes to unearthly activity. Guests and residents have informed us of events that have happened to them both day and night. I am skeptical of their observations, but it does seem, make for some interesting folklore, Timmerman confessed. <laughs> I mean, if you're skeptical, why are you there? I always find it funny when people who, like, living is based around the fact of paranormal is where their money essentially comes from. And then they sound as if they believe absolutely nothing. And I just, I find it so funny. Sometimes stuff can happen around people's faces. But I don't know if she's actually part of the paranormal or not. Yeah. But local community have shared stories with cameramen about paranormal events they claim to have witnessed in their homes or local businesses, including Dumfries Cemetery and Dumfries Elementary School. So she like, are they telling her these stories and they're, and she's thinking they're total BS. You That's know? insane. Like they're using very accusatory language. They're like claim to have and stuff. I'm mean, like, That's very accusatory of like lying. I guess you can't be like, well, this place is guaranteed to like, I, mean, I feel like her, 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 mm-hmm. I feel like probably a more neutral way to say it, you yeah. know? Just like... Just it like, could be, yeah. you know? I don't know. The teacher reported this occurrence to a Weemspot Museum docent. She explained that she and, her, and the children in her class had seen a child outside from the window of the classroom located to the left of the number 10 door. 
The girl was playing around the side, Timberman added. She was dressed in a long skirt in a style that looked like a colonial period clothes. The children complained that she got to play outside and they didn't. The teacher directed the students to turn back to the board. When the teacher looked back at the window, the girl was gone. Which, well, that's not fair. She's going outside and I don't. This is, this is of interest to Tim Merman. He knows the location of the sighting has ha- He knows the location of the sighting has housed school since the 18th century in Dumfries. On our ghost walk in October, we share some of those stories with the public, Timmerman says. Our popular tours highlight paranormal events that have taken place in our annex building, Dumfries Elementary School, Dumfries Cemetery, and of course, our historic home, the Weems Bottom Museum. The historic Weems Bottom Museum is said to be extremely haunted and has a rich folklore associated with it. When you're investigating our historic home, Timmerman explained. Of course, if you didn't believe in it, <laughs> then yep, Jeff Penguin, an independent paranormal researcher and a museum's volunteer paranormal tour guide, has collected and cataloged these first-person ghost stories and accounts over the years. Jeff has asked me to text him when events take place that might be shared on future ghost stories, she said. Keep a logbook of these events to see if there's a pattern or perhaps environmental factors that might contribute to the activity. Now, that's some, like, little, like, double quote things. I'm just in here, like, no, it's just so. I think she, uh, I think she wants to believe. Mm-hmm. I think she wants to believe. Let's give her the benefit. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Internalized. <laughs> just not wanting to believe. Timberman, you're cool. You're cool. You, you let people come in and investigate your places. That's, that's, that's cool. They, Timmerman herself has plenty of stories that, that may send a shiver down some spines. Let me go back up here for a second. <laughs> Guests and residents have informed us of events that have happened to them both day and night. I'm skeptical of their observation, but it does make for some interesting folklore. Let's come back down here where it says Timmerman has some uh, interesting stories. Okay. <laughs> Miss Ma'am. Uh, let's see here. All right, let's see. Here's your stories that are that are okay, but other ones are aren't. Timberman. Okay. Back in November of 2019, I had just stopped by the historic home to investigate an odd security alarm fault that occurred midweek around three in the morning. One of our front door alarms has been triggered. I noticed that a colonial-style latch on the inside of the door seemed to have been bent. I thought that perhaps something tried to push the door open from the outside, she said. Then something happened. We were standing in the colonial vestry room, discussing what may have occurred, and directed my attention to the sound of footsteps walking across the wooden floor in the bedroom directly above us. It was as if someone was walking across the colonial bedroom, towards the stairs, to eavesdrop in, our, in on our conversation. We quickly moved upstairs, but the room was empty, said Timmerman. In January of 2020, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Did I say that right? <laughs> Zimmerman was giving a short tour to a guest in the same same area. The sound of footsteps directly above them caused her and her guests to look up towards the ceiling. I'm sure both events were merely caused by the wind, 
going through our old home, but it was very odd. She said, well, how's this supposed to change service up our spine if you're telling us it's the wind? Like, I mean, if it's cold it's wind. It's so contradicting. I mean, if it's cold wind, it would send service up our spines because it's cold. So I guess that's true. It's so contradicting. I can't. Sometimes it's not just a noise that cameraman see Gwen or our guests hear. It's a touch they actually feel. In September 2019, I was wrapped up by wrapping up a final tour in the far side of the house. This area was once an exhibit area for Dumfries historian Lee Hant Lee Lansing. As I was chatting with the guests in this exhibit room, I felt a slight tug on the back of my jacket sleeve, Kimmer explained. It was odd, but I think it was a bug. Because you know bugs like to tug on things. You know, bugs you know, are d- notoriously... Bugs are definitely big enough. They, definitely. Yeah, it's just, yeah, every time. The bugs is this fucking tore, you know, tugging at my sleeve. The same happened a few weeks ago when I felt something on my foot. If I could not find the bug, I did jump and slightly yell. Although Timberman may react, she doesn't get spooked easily, which makes her perfect for the job. I guess you'd be, if you're living in a house like that, where you're working on a haunted house, like you've got to have some kind of skepticism you because you, want, you don't want to be like, like everything that happens is haunted. Yeah. You know? See, what, it just comes down to having a balance. Yeah. You, like you, you need gotta, to be like, oh, this could have been this, but it also, yeah, you know what, I should, you know, let the opportunity be that, yes, like, it could have been this. It, it could have been this, like, wind or this, like, misstep or something. It could be the bug pulling at my sleeves because, you know, bugs you know, pull on things. Bugs definitely are big enough to hug you. Anyway. I feel that all events can be explained through science. However, I continue to report the unusual occurrences to our volunteers who documenting these events. Now, I'm trying to figure out. Now, being a criminal investigator, we get these, we get these EVPs, places like that. How do you explain that? Mm. You know, short of someone actually saying it into the recorder, mm-hmm. you know, which we don't, but I don't know. I, I, I'm still, I'm just a serious question. I don't know how to explain that. Uh, they have, a, uh, let's see, Ghost Walks. Historic Dumfries in Virginia was established to catalog, share, and promote the history of Dumfries through documentation and artifacts the team has collected throughout the years. Timmerman directs the nonprofit historical organization and gives tours about the history of the town and area throughout the years herself. I keep it strictly a history tour until we give a focused ghost walk program in October, Timmerman stated. October is the only month the Weems Bottoms Museum shares stories of the town's haunted folklore with the public, and the only tours they give during this time are, real, are ghost-related. The festive programming is a massive hit with tours selling out months in advance or a month in advance. We encourage people to bring their EMF detectors and digital voice recorders to catch their own evidence at the various locations, Tim Lemon said. Many guests use, also use a particular ghost hunting app, ghost hunting tools by Weasel, on their phone during the tour. The app supposedly allows nearby ghosts or spirits to communicate by choosing random words from a 4,000-word dictionary, often related to the stories being shared, which makes it entertaining and very spooky. Hmm. Didn't see all this. I'll bet it doesn't cut off. Man. <laughs> do, 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 do. During the 90-minute walking tour of the area, visitors get to hear stories of paranormal events that occurred in the 
Museum's Annex Building, Dumfries Elementary School, Dumfries Cemetery, and the historic Williams Bottom Museum. People in the community also have claimed to have seen and heard unusual things in Merchant Park, located directly behind the home. One story we tell on a ghost tour is, a, is of a ghost who stopped by our Annex Building, Timberman began. She was impressed with the costume Civil War reenactor she had met in the Merchant Park. Not a ghost. The museum staff quickly rushed through the windows, but we could not find the person she was referring to. We informed the guests that we did not have any costume reenactors, and she was very puzzled. Apparently, she had a conversation with the individual. So when the topic of how modern-day events could be compared to events that occurred during the storm, the soldier had, a, had an unusual reply. I would like to know the unusual replies, please. <laughs> according to that, according to the ghost, he said, to the guest, he said, I don't know much about that, but the nice ladies in the museum could probably answer that for you. For visitors who want a truly unique and potentially chilling experience, the museum offers a limited number of tickets for late light investigations inside the historic Williams Bottom Museum. Williams Bottom. <laughs> Williams Bottom. I probably see Williams Bottom the whole time. Museum. The guests who embark on this private tour work with the Gwen, the independent paranormal researcher, to capture evidence of ghosts that may still occupy the home. A few years ago, a guest on this tour claimed she was gently pushed on her lower back while seated on the floor of the colonial bedroom with her back to the staircase. Some confides. She described the non-threatening touch as purposeful and with a tingly static electricity quality, quality to it. Perhaps someone on the staircase was trying to get her attention. The Green feels there is nothing malicious or evil in our, in our historic home or on the property. He believes that ghosts have varying personalities and that the supernatural occupants of the Weems Spots Museum, in particular, are shy and private. While they tend to keep to themselves, the Green also recognizes the ghosts sometimes enjoy interacting with museum guests to ensure that story is being shared authentically and truthfully. While Seguin and Timberman are purveyors of the paranormal, they are also the protectors. On tour, Seguin tells visitors that ghosts must be treated with the same respect you would give a living person. In Timberman, do not allow guests to broke or antagonize the resident spirits on any tours. Rightfully so. Good. Good. That's mm. awesome. The Green warned, if they want to interact, it is up to them. If you're interested in learning about the historic, about the haunted folklore of Dumfries or wish to find information on touring Weems Fox Museum, head to historictumfriesvirginia.org. Remember, visit it at your own risk. Hashtag not sponsored. Please sponsor us. Yes. Uh, I would definitely go check out Weems Fox Museum. I know we had fun with Timmerman here, but uh, we appreciate what she does. And I uh, appreciate you letting people come investigate the Weems Bottoms Museum, or Weems Bottoms Museum, as I probably called it, called it the whole time. Uh, yeah, well, 957. Yeah. We only read three articles. They were long articles. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, they were pretty they... <laughs> Pretty long articles. I think. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think next week, if all goes to plan, we're going to be talking Christmas traditions. 
with Whitney Zahar from uh, Ashland Ghost Tours. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. And the week after that, we've got John Pagano, John Von Steuben. They're talking about, he wrote a book about Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. And then a week after that, we've got John back on the show to talk about colonial Christmas traditions. So Here for it. Here for it. We've got December. It's going to be all Christmas except for one week where we talk about Pocahontas. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. It'll be fun. Be looking, yes, we're looking forward to having everyone on the show in December, and uh, we're going to close out the year right. We're looking forward to uh, getting freaky with all you guys out there. Hope you guys have a great night, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Back here, same freaking awesome time, same freaking awesome channel. All right, guys, good night. Thank you. Good night.